0: a podcast about moving to and living in another part of the world. In this show, we talk about and with people who have emigrated or are studying or working outside of the Philippines. I'm Kring Laxon and I am your host for this show. Aotearoa, New Zealand. It's the country to be in. Once known for A, having more cows than people, and B, Lord of the Rings, It's now at the forefront of good governance because of its early elimination of the coronavirus. Life in New Zealand is pretty close to what we could consider the quote-unquote old normal. With the exception of the ban on overseas travel, life in the country is more or less similar to how it was pre-pandemic. Hence, the desire of many people to immigrate to this island nation. In this episode, I will talk about my experience with moving to New Zealand. What was the process like? How long did it take? And what documents did I need to secure my visa? We will also answer the million-dollar question. Is the grass greener on this side of the world? Let's find out. I was 25 when my parents raised the idea of me studying in New Zealand. They had friends who lived in the country and had sung enough praises to convince them that I could live a better life here. I refused at first, but the more I thought about it, the better of an idea it was. So I said yes, and we began the process of applying for my fee-paying student visa. What did I need to get to apply for my New Zealand fee-paying student visa? FYI, before I list everything down, you should know that the country has yet to open its visa applications from overseas. But just keep this episode on your bookmarks for reference on the next time that Aotearoa does open its borders. Before I applied for a visa to study in New Zealand, I first enrolled in a school. Why? Because two documents, specifically an offer of place and a proof of tuition payment, are included in the required documents when applying for a student visa. Yes, you need the school first before the visa, not the other way around. Most, if not all, schools in New Zealand require proof that you have a good command of the English language, so applicants also take the International English Language Testing System, or IELTS exam. Other English exams are also accepted, such as TOEFL and PTE Academic. Just ask your chosen school for more information about which English tests they accept. In my case, after meeting the minimum required IELTS score, I enrolled for a one-year diploma course in business management in a technical school in Auckland. And while waiting for the offer of place and proof of payment, I proceeded to secure my other documents. So apart from the school documents, I also need the following. My proof of identity by way of my passport copy and two passport-style photos of myself. A police report to show that I am of good character. An x-ray or medical exam from a panel physician to prove that I am of good health. And a medical and travel insurance for the length of my stay in New Zealand. Getting medical and travel insurance is an easy and straightforward process. In my experience, I asked the school I enrolled in for help as I was completely clueless about insurance. So don't you worry. Your school of choice would be more than happy, I am sure, to help you find a provider. There are two other things that I needed in order to secure my visa. And these were the hardest because they involved money. First, I had to prove that I had enough funds to support myself. This means having at least 1,250 New Zealand dollars or 40,000 pesos per month that I am in the country. This could be done by having enough money in the bank or by having a third party like your family or your relatives sponsor you. I know, 40,000 pesos per month is a lot of money. Don't be disheartened though because there are many scholarships that you could apply for. In fact, I know a few people who were able to get partial or full scholarships, some of which included a stipend for their food and rent. Getting a scholarship would help lighten the financial load. The other thing I needed was proof that I had sufficient funds to pay for a ticket out of New Zealand once my visa, if approved, expired. This can either be a travel ticket or enough money in the bank to buy one or someone sponsoring your travel onward. From all of these requirements, a case officer from New Zealand Immigration determined that I, indeed, had genuine intentions to study. I was awarded a fee-paying student visa, and in January 2017, I left the Philippines for New Zealand. Having a fee-paying student visa allows its holder to sustain themselves while studying. This means that you could work up to 20 hours per week while the school term is ongoing and full-time while you're on your school holidays. And if you want to work in New Zealand after your studies, you may do so by applying for a post-study work visa. Depending on your qualifications and where in the country you studied, this visa allows you to work in Aotearoa for up to three years. In my case, I was awarded three years to find work in the country, during which I was lucky enough to get a job for a government entity. It's still where I work to this day. I did all sorts of jobs while I was a student. At first, I was picky about which jobs I wanted. I wanted something that involved being in an office. But I learned very quickly that that's not how it worked. More often than not, jobs in New Zealand prefer hiring those who already have experience working in a New Zealand environment. And because I only ever had work experience back home, I was rejected lots of times despite having five years of experience under my belt. I was stuck in a catch-22. I realized that in order to get a quote-unquote New Zealand experience, I couldn't be picky about the jobs that I took. And so I applied for everything. While I was a student, I worked part-time as a brand ambassador, which is a fancy way of saying sales lady, then as a librarian, then as a server at a donut shop. I was paid weekly, and the pay was enough to cover my essentials. I'm embarrassed to admit this, But I initially thought that these jobs were beneath me. But the more I did them, the more I appreciated them. These jobs, from taking garbage out from the donut shop, to convincing women that they should buy makeup, built my character and made me realize that my job didn't define me. I was stuck in a mindset of hierarchy and social status when in fact, a job is just a job. The fact that New Zealand is an equal society where everyone is treated similarly only drove this point home. What is the minimum wage in New Zealand? As of 2021, the minimum wage here is 60 New Zealand dollars an hour for trainees and 20 New Zealand dollars an hour for those who aren't. It was lower when I was a student back in 2017, but while I was studying, I needed about 380 New Zealand dollars every week to pay for my rent and food. Moving from one country to another, especially alone, makes you feel like a kid again. You spend a lot of time absorbing your environment and learning to navigate it. Of course, I had a bit of a culture shock along the way. Ano ba yung mga pinaka culture shock ko? Unang-una, matipid akong tao. So when I moved to New Zealand, I was surprised by how much I had to spend for commodities here as compared to the Philippines. For example, the prices of sanitary napkins here are about 8 New Zealand dollars or 256 pesos per pack. A meal at a restaurant would cost between 15 to 20 dollars or 480 to 640 pesos. And a piece of avocado? Depending on the season, it could cost anywhere between 64 to 160 pesos per piece. So the first lesson I learned was to never compare Philippine prices to New Zealand prices because it would just make me sad. The second thing that shocked me was rent. In New Zealand, you pay rent every week unlike in the Philippines where you pay every month. Prices, of course, depend on the area that you live in and how many people you live with. But if you're in a big city like Auckland or Wellington, expect your weekly rent to be somewhere between 600 New Zealand dollars or more. The third, and this is not so much a culture shock, but something that I needed to get used to, is the New Zealand accent. The New Zealand accent is similar to the Australian accent, but there is a distinct contrast in the way they sound their vowels. For example, New Zealanders pronounce pen, as in bolpen, as Pin. Mayor is mayor. Exactly is exactly. Well, kind of. You get the point. It was difficult at first to understand their accent, especially on the phone. So as you could imagine, I really hated it and I would get anxious whenever people would call me on the phone. But what about the people of New Zealand? New Zealanders are some of the friendliest, kindest people that you will ever meet. People here smile at each other, and they love making small talk. When you order coffee or food from a restaurant, it is completely normal to chat a bit with the barista or server. Sabi ko nga sa mga kapwa ko Pinoy that we could never do this back home. Talking to strangers back home is uncommon, and it could even be considered as suspicious. Here, small talk is completely normal. I could go on and on about the differences between the Philippines and New Zealand, but the ones that I mentioned were the ones that stood out to me. How about we go on and answer the question that we have been asking at the beginning of this podcast? And so, is the grass greener in New Zealand than in the Philippines? The answer is both a yes and a no for me. There are so many reasons why it's a yes. Here are the top reasons for me. Firstly, the government subsidizes healthcare. So healthcare is cheap here. Buying prescription medicine always costs me 5 New Zealand dollars or 160 PHP. No matter how much or how little medicine my doctor prescribes me, whether it's 1 box or 10 boxes, the grand total is always just $5. The second is that New Zealand is super livable. Cities are designed with people in mind. I've lived both in Auckland and Wellington, And both cities are full of parks and walking and biking lanes. And apart from that, the whole country is abound with hiking and mountain biking tracks that suit all fitness levels. Because of this, it is very easy in New Zealand to be healthy and active. The third is that the people here are super nice and trusting. Think Japan levels of trust. You could leave your stuff out in public and no one's going to take it. In my case, I've left my laptop two times out in public. One was at a Starbucks store and another was at a bookstore. And it took me about an hour to get them. And they were never, ever taken from those places. The last is that New Zealand is a secular state. Religious and democratic structures are separated. So unlike in the Philippines, policies here aren't swayed by religion. So whether it be divorce, contraception, or even abortion, these can be accessed and there is absolutely no shame in talking about them. Life in a developed country is good. And yet it doesn't feel complete because my family and friends are not with me. This is a sentiment that my fellow overseas Filipino workers share, I think, especially those who left loved ones behind. Kahit gaano kaganda ang buhay abroad, Nothing beats the comfort and warmth of being where all of our loved ones are. This, for me, is the only reason why the grass here isn't completely greener. Iisang dahilan lang siya, but it holds a lot of weight. So much so that I always think about going back home to the Philippines. That's it for my New Zealand life. I hope that sharing my story, from visa applications to the cultural differences, has helped you in your own journey. Planning your overseas journey can be overwhelming and confusing. Hindi mo alam kung saan magsisimula at kung anong kakailanganin mo. The greener side aims to make it easier for you as we talk about visas and about adjusting to life abroad. We will do this by talking to OFWs from around the world, from Australia, Dubai, Canada, Germany, at marami pang iba. You can follow us on Instagram at greenersidepodcast or email us at greenersidepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'm Kring Laxon and this is The Greener Side.